So I quit my job in, as in, I handed my notice in in January. I had to give two months notice. My due date to leave, my date to leave was the 25th of March. And we went into lockdown on the 20th of March. So Boris told us on the Friday night, we're shutting the country down. I was due to leave the following Wednesday. I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger. And you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies, and real-life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking with one of my amazing Wedding Pro members, Hannah. I first met Hannah at a networking dinner I was speaking at in January 2020 and we hit it off with our shared love of musical theatre. Then Hannah went on to join my membership and I've worked with her ever since. Over the last two years I've watched her quit her job, navigate a global pandemic and grow a successful luxury wedding planning business and you are going to find her story so inspirational. She is the definition of an action taker so for me she's a dream client. So let's get into it. Hannah, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Why don't you start by just telling everyone who you are and what you do? Hello. Um, Thanks for having me, first of all. (laughs) Um, I'm um, Hannah Rose. I'm a wedding planner, event manager, wedding coordinator. There's many um, different titles that you could use for me. Um, I work mainly with high-end clients, but I also work directly for venues, catering companies, for freelance event management. Um, For my private work, I mainly work in London and surrounding areas, but um, I'm happy to go all over the UK. So basically, I'm there to work with couples to plan their dream day. And yeah, that's what I'm there for. (laughs) So that sounds incredibly busy. So let's go right back to the start and work out how you got to where you are now. So take me right back. How did you get into the wedding industry in the first place? What happened? So basically, it's pretty much all I've ever done. Um, But so when I was at school, like you mentioned, massive love for musical theatre. When I was um, doing my GCSEs, obviously, you start looking at colleges, what you want to do. I was very much wanting to go into performing arts. I wanted to go into musical theatre. I wanted to go to a musical theatre school. Um, So yeah that that was what I went on to do I went to college I did performing arts I went and got a job at a holiday on a holiday camp singing dancing entertaining and I then decided (laughs) I didn't want to work away from home you know I'm from Norfolk originally I was working away I was working in Yorkshire and I was a bit like uh this isn't earning me loads of money I want to earn some money I want to do something a bit different and what I really loved was everything that was happening backstage and when I was I was in the theatre world my whole life and I loved everything that was going on behind the scenes and so I was like okay I want to go into like entertainment management um, so the behind the scenes and, you know, uh, booking the acts um, on the holiday camps and things like that. So that was what I wanted to do. So I thought, right, I really I, I want to go home. I want to go back and study again. So I decided to do a degree in events management, which I had seen when I was at, at school and I was interested in doing. So I went back to uni when I was 19, 20, something like that, and um, did a degree in events management. I said I was never going to work in weddings. And then while I was doing my last year at uni, um, my cousin actually sent me an advert for a wedding planner 
at a hotel that I was looking for an assistant. So I went for the job. So I had something alongside my degree and a bit of experience in events and um, got it. And I've never looked back. I've been in weddings ever since. And that was now 12 years ago. Amazing. So you've been in the industry a long time. You've worked in venues for a long time. Uh, if you're honest, you kind of fell into it in a in a way, even though you knew that you loved what you did. So during that time working for the venue, what kind of things did you learn that have helped you get to where you are now? I think it's so important um, to just know the basics. So for a start, the customer service. So when I was studying for my degree, Everybody else was just, you know, having a job to have a job. I went and got a job at Marriott Hotels and I worked selling gym memberships. And at the time, I didn't even go to the gym, (laughs) but I was selling gym memberships. But what it taught me was how to sell, how to sell well, how to talk to people. You know, I got that job because I worked on holiday camps and I went into my interview and was telling them that I used to dress up as an elephant and you know they loved that and they loved who I was and and that's kind of what you need to sell well I think that's so important now because if you can't sell yourself you like you can't progress your business you need to be able to sell yourself or you're not going to get sales and you're not going to make any money and you're not going to have a business so think just the basics like that and then there's other basics things like for me as a planner If you can't lay a table or you can't waitress, how can you expect everybody around you to be able to do that? You know, if you have a waitress drop out at a wedding, you need to be able to take that place and be able to step in and do that. And it taught me all the basics. You know, it taught me how to go into the kitchen and speak to a chef properly, how to run a hot plate, how to, you know, like I say, lay a table, how to manage a restaurant, like all these things I had to know and I had to be able to step in and do it because I've worked in small boutique hotels and I've worked in big brand hotels. Um, And yeah, it's it, knowing the basics is is vital, so important. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, yes, everything you did was in weddings, but you talked about your holiday park experience as well. I think for those people listening, sometimes you, you start your wedding business and you just kind of forget all the stuff that came before and even if even if that work was in a completely different environment doing something completely different there will have been things you learned in that job that you can now use in your business and that is what makes you uniquely you and that was what will make you stand out from your competition so if you are listening to this think back about what you either still do on the side or what you did previously and what you can take from that what you learned from that position to take into what you do now now a little secret for everybody not only me and Hannah have musical theatre in common but we actually both worked at the same holiday park not at the same place or at the same time (laughs) that would have been fun (laughs) but we have both worked um in holiday parks and I think even from that uh you mentioned it a little bit Hannah there are things that you can take even from that and I know I do now which you take into the job you do now so yeah just an encouragement to people listening whatever job you've had whether it's dancing or singing or calling bingo at a holiday park you know selling newspapers in the local news agent working as a teacher there will be something in there that you can take and use in your wedding business so you talked about working at the Marriott talk to me about different venues where you've worked um and yeah was it did you stay at the Marriott forever or have you been in different places (laughs) no I definitely didn't I was not a fan of the Marriott yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Marriott. I like you now. Um, no, it's just um, for me. Um, so I've worked, like I said, I've worked in big chain hotels. I've worked in small boutique hotels. And um, 
working for big brands is very structured okay so when i was working in sales for selling gym memberships at marriott i had a script so it was like okay you need to say this things like um back then i actually had brown hair but i've actually had uh red hair for god knows i think as soon as i left the marriott because you weren't allowed to have red hair at working for marriott I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So you had to have natural coloured hair, so like brown hair, blonde hair, like that. I think it maybe spurred me on to have red hair. <laughs> and that's just maybe not like massively who I am. I'm massively about personality and be who you are. I mean, it's probably changed now. I worked for Marriott when I was 19, so nearly 15 years ago. So long time ago. But um, I then went on, so... <laughs> probably a bit of a random story in my life but um so I was living in Norwich I worked at Marriott left my um finished my degree um just before I finished my degree I got my job so I was where I was doing a full-time degree and then I got a job which is a full-time job but I persuaded them to let me do three days a week alongside my degree as a an, an assistant wedding planner or assistant to the wedding planner and um they said yes that's fine you can do that for three months and then the day I left my degree I literally did my last exam or module whatever I had to do I went bang straight the next week into full time I then found out three months later that the wedding planner was pregnant and they were like, oh, okay, that's fine, because Hannah can do it. <laughs> I'd only been in the, I'd only been doing it for about five months. Um, so that was a very small boutique hotel, but they did 180 weddings a year, which wow. was insane. We did two a day, and it literally gave me such a kick up the bum. <laughs> I'm like do I swear do I not <laughs> um to just go and learn everything that I possibly could so I was doing about 60% operations and 40% admin and the only reason the admin was 40% is because I physically didn't have time because there was so many weddings and there was two of us doing the job um so yeah that that was just absolutely crazy that really like I say gave me an insight into every possible point of the of the uh of a hotel then I met my other half um who I've been with um, nine years now and he lived we used to commute to see each other he's from Luton I'm from Norwich he was moving to Birmingham um to uh for his job and um we'd only been together three months and he said oh it's a bit far to commute you know it's two hours as it is but this is going to be three and a half and I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of looking to move to London anyway, because the events industry is bigger there. And he said, well, you can come to Birmingham with me if you want. So we've been together three months, probably seen each other on less, I could count on less than two hands how many times I've had actually seen him. And I moved to Birmingham with him and I joined, so that's my little love story there. <laughs> and I um, I joined a sm another kind of hotel chain, but it was, um, I think they had 10 hotels at the time, Chorus Hotels, brilliant chain, really enjoyed working for them. And it was very much, yeah, a, a small kind of hotel set up, but they just had a few hotels. So I took on a hotel which had five weddings a year and they said, Hannah, we want 20 weddings a year in this place. And it was, um, and I absolutely loved it. And I'll, that place will always hold a place in my heart. And I'm actually really sad because it closed last year. Um, and 
yeah, we did it. When I I did I stayed there a year, and by the time I left, we had thirty weddings a year. Um, and it was just basics. It was like the team just had no motivation. Everyone had been there years. Everybody was just like, no, it's not going to happen. People don't want to get married here. They were stuck in their ways. And I went in. I changed the brochure. I, I implemented packages because I'd come from a package hotel, the one that did one hundred and eighty weddings a year. It was all package, you know, some, some, uh, low package, medium package, high package. That was how it was. You book the package you wanted um, and then you'd add your add-ons that's what we did we we created two three packages they weren't doing wedding open days um they weren't you know they weren't marketing themselves properly it had a really bad reputation with the local community so we invited the local community in for afternoon tea and we redecorated and yeah did all these things done really well um then you know the area managers and kind of started to get to know who I was so I was sent down to London to do a presentation on how I'd transformed this hotel so I was promoted I was then put in charge of two hotels and yeah it just it kind of went from there I then um left there I decided right I want to work more in luxury hotels so I went and worked for a core and um, for a beautiful um four-star luxury hotel in um Stratford-upon-Avon and so, yeah, I then experienced, I suppose, a more high-end way of working, um, more higher budgets. But at the same time, it just kind of backed the Marriott way. So you had to wear a uniform and I had to wear a scarf around my neck and I had to be at my desk by 10 a.m. Whereas the previous place loved me so much and did what did what I wanted, you know. I'd rock up at when I wanted, I worked the days I wanted, as long as I got the job done. And at the end of the day, I was massively exceeding myself. So, um. I suppose that's where the self-employed comes in me when I was like, okay, I, I like to me, like Marriott's probably, uh, you know, a brilliant brand to work for as is a core, but it's very structured and some people love structure and I don't. <laughs> and so I suppose that was where it kind of started to come from that eventually I wanted to work for myself. Um, I then went on to work for my last job. <laughs> I said my last job. Um, I went to Whittlebury Park, which is an amazing resort just outside of London. I say just it's about an hour away. It's like if if you know the UK, that's the best way to describe it. It's like towards Milton Keynes way. Um and um yeah, huge place. We've got they have like 50 meeting rooms, five different function rooms for weddings, like absolutely massive. Um I suppose what I kind of forgot to mention was back when I then joined Chorus, I started to do a bit more corporate events as well. So what I actually went on to do um, when I went to a core again, it was it was mainly corporate. When I joined um, Whistlebury Park, I then um, started as like a supervisor and then worked my up. I then ended up being the events manager there and I had a team of 10 um, and that was purely in corporate. So I was then doing all the corporate events, working for people like Jaguar Land Rover, National Grid, um, Buckingham University, some massive brands who were coming to us, Aston Martin, some really cool people with massive budgets for these big events. Um, so yeah, and that was um, my last kind of job, which taught me a working again in even bigger luxury bigger budgets people that have a hell of a lot of money because it was corporate and also managing a team that was uh, a, a very new thing for me like I say team of 10 and that was uh, that was a challenge but it taught me a lot amazing you've clearly had a huge amount of experience you clearly loved working in all these different venues at all these different 
weddings and corporate events. Now, when we met uh, in January 2020, you were on the cusp of going self-employed. So what was it, despite loving all of this stuff, that made you think now's the time for me to take the leap and own my own business? So it'd always be my dream. Like, always. Like, well, I said, like... I think it always kind of came to me when I ever went to these big brands and said, like, okay, what is it that I, that I'm not enjoying here? And it was the structure and I just don't work well under somebody else telling me what to do, I suppose. Say, telling me I have to be at my desk at nine. So I'd always kind of, I think I've always had, my my dad was self-employed his whole life. I feel like I massively get that from him. Um, I always felt like I was born to be self-employed. So it's always been the back of my mind, but I never, ever thought I'd been able to do this early. I'd always said by the time I was like mid-30s, I'd like to go self-employed maybe towards my 40s um and I went self-employed when I was 30 um and it was and it was because you know I'd I'd done my time at Whittlebury I knew I'd done my time I had the best team my manager was amazing still really have high respect for him um and it got to the point where I was like I feel like I'm done here I'm not I'm not the kind of person that manages I can manage a team, but my full-time job was managing a team of 10. And I was kind of moving away from actually planning events. And that's not what I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, I want to still manage a team. I want to do well. I want to earn money, bottom line. (laughs) And, um, you know, I want to go and do a bit of weddings. I want to do a bit of corporate. How can I do this? How can I find a job that incorporates all of this? And I actually debated going and being a hotel manager. Um, for again, I would have done a boutique hotel, and I thought, okay, so I can I can get involved with the sales. I can get involved with the ops. I can run the hotel how I want to run it. And then I was like, all right, I get to do my own thing. <laughs> and I'd always see. I'd always felt a bit like. I used to, especially when I was at Whistlebury, especially I was working for a core, people would say to me, okay, uh, you know, I want this wedding or I want this event, but we'd really like it all planned. And we'd always kind of say like, you know, you can add that service on, but it's an extra charge. We can recommend supplies for you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But we, you know, it's not really something we do. You need to hire an external planner. So when I worked at the boutique hotels, we did kind of, I did do that because that's just me. If a couple came to me, I was, I had, you know, I could, I, I had a lot more flexibility. So I could say to a couple, yeah, no problem. I'll book that for you. Yeah, I'll get that sorted for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and get a lot more involved in the planning and the timings and the suppliers. But I wasn't supposed to as a hotel coordinator. I shouldn't have really done that, but that was just me. Um, so I kind of felt that that aspect was missing. And I'd speak to other hotels and other coordinators. They'd say, oh, no, no, we don't get involved in that. We don't get involved in this. And like I say, when I went to the big brands, I wasn't allowed to get involved in that kind of thing. So I felt like that was missing. I had the experience in doing it. Um, I enjoyed doing it. So I just thought, you know what? I feel like it's time to go on my own. And then I, um, in September, uh, summer of 2019 I met a fabulous owner from a fabulous catering company or based in Northamptonshire <laughs> and um I spoke to him and I said look I really want to go self-employed um but I need I need something to fall back I need like something that like, I'm getting busy I'd, 
oh, I'm kind of sorry, I've skipped a part. I, <laughs> I then, when I was at Whittlebury, felt like something was missing and set up at the time. It was Complete Rose events. And um, so I was doing it alongside my full time job. So I was going to the office Monday to Friday for my full time job. And then I was um, at, after work, then doing like my emails. And I was taking, to be fair, I was taking bookings, I was doing on the day management, but I wasn't taking any full planning because I didn't think it was fair on couples to say, oh, yeah, you can book me for full planning, but um, I'm not available Monday to Friday, nine till six. <laughs> so um, that I just offered on the day management. So I went to this owner of this catering company and I said, look, I'm get, I've started this business alongside my full time job. I want to do it full time, but I need something else. And he said, yeah, of course, you can come and freelance and do event management for us. So I went and did literally from the for the rest of the few months before I quit my job I went and worked for him every Saturday managing of weddings I was doing my full-time job I was still taking inquiries and doing my business and creating my website and all of these things and I got to the point where 2020 was so packed with business I was like yes and I remember being on a plane going to New York in December 2019 and I'd had a few gins and I'd watched The Star Is Born and I had so and I was like this is it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna quit I'm gonna go back to work in January I'm gonna quit and that was that moment then. I absolutely <laughs> love that so there'll be lots of people listening who are kind of in that position right now so they're they're doing a job and then they're running their business on the side yeah. and they're thinking about kind of quitting their job but it feels really really scary but I love what you did is you kind of put in a security blanket with uh the catering company uh and that kind of thing however let's be honest we're gonna we, we'll take you from where you were on that plane you made your plan you had your backup and then something unexpected happened you quit your job and then all of a sudden there was a global pandemic tell me about that so I quit my job in the, as in I handed my notice in in January. I had to give two months notice. Um, my due date to leave, my date to leave was the 25th of March. And we went into lockdown on the 20th of March. So Boris told us on the Friday night, we're shutting down the, the country down. I was due to leave the following Wednesday. So it was like, but I'm I'm not gonna lie, I was one of those people that was, like I said, worked in hotels for 12 years. Everybody was panicking. Everybody was like, oh, my God, like the world's going to be shut down. I didn't really even flag about COVID, to be honest, until like March. I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't really listen to the news. I didn't really think a lot of it. And I remember a couple of weeks before being locked down, my other half was working in America. And he was like, this is getting pretty bad. They're sending me home. And I was like, oh, geez, it must be bad. They're sending you home. And um, I remember everybody panicking the week before we locked down, like they're going to lock us down. They're going to shut the hotel. And I said, guys, I've worked in hotels for 12 years. They don't even shut the hotels when there's like foots of snow outside. There's no way they're going to shut a hotel for a bit of flu. That was always my mindset. So it wasn't until the catering company called me a couple of days before and they were like, Hannah, we're, we're losing weddings, we're losing weddings, we're not going to need you on these dates, these days, these days. And I was like, okay, we're like, we'll keep you updated, but it's not looking good. Everyone's panicking. I was like, okay, I don't know what they're all panicking about. It'd be fine. So it wasn't literally until we locked down that it hit me that this was actually real. I don't remember the day um, before Boris's announcement, when we all knew it was going to happen, sitting in the canteen at work and literally just like breaking down. I was just crying because I was like, 
what am I going to do? Like, I can't now, they're obviously not going to let me stay because they, they, like, they're going to have to close. They don't need me. And I've lost, all, all of my work was then starting to be postponed. Like all the catering work had gone, all my private work was, they were all contacting me to postpone. And it wasn't until then, like, it was, I think that that final week from what I can remember that it was like, that it dawned on me that what was happening. Now, for most people at that point, they would have stayed where you were in the canteen at that point of breakdown thinking, oh, my goodness, it's all gone wrong. This was a terrible idea. I should have stayed in my normal job. Even my backup plan hasn't worked out. But I know for a fact, because I remember that time very, very well, that that's not what you did at all. So just talk Mm. us through what you did next, how you kept yourself going through COVID, how you brought income in and how you used that time to benefit your business. I tell you what I did on Monday morning when everybody was like, way, we don't have to go to work. I got out my laptop. I my alpha half actually took over my desk, which is very annoying because I'd already set it up like my office to be like, oh, I'm going self-employed. And um, so we'd taken that over because he needs three screens and blah, blah, boring. And um, so I found somewhere else to work from in my house. I got my laptop out. I got myself up. I went to my desk at 9 a.m. as I usually would. And I cracked on and I joined your group and I joined um, some other groups on Facebook. And I was like, right, what can I do? So I put out there that I would do these like free lives on Instagram to help people. And I got really up to speed with what the what the uh, actual rules were and the guidance. And then I just kept at it. I just kept really in tune with what was happening um, and, I, and, and everything else. At that point, for me... COVID was the best thing that ever happened to my business, which sounds crazy. But I didn't understand. Everybody was offering free training, like everybody. And I wouldn't have been in a position at that time to have been paying coaches to help me. And I was literally signing up to like every business coaches, you know, free sessions on, you know, how you can cope and how to do this and how to do that. And literally there was so much stuff that I didn't know. I didn't have, I was one of those people in March 2020 if you'd have said to me who's your ideal client I'd have said well people that are getting engaged and now if somebody says that to me I'm like no 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 so if you're sitting there now and your ideal client is somebody who's engaged please talk to Becca because (laughs) that is not an ideal client I didn't know this I didn't I didn't didn't know this I didn't understand massively about like branding and you know I'd called myself complete rose events but that was because that popped into my head on a trip to Norwich one day and and my branding was done by a guy that I was in a band with and you know it was it, it yeah it was nothing was nothing fit properly and and uh you know I was doing social media as and when but hadn't really thought about what do I want to do when I had 12 years background in hotels like I know hotels like the back of my hand so it's like for me it was the other way around I had all this experience I didn't need to be able to talk how to plan a wedding or how to work in a hotel or how to work with venues I needed to be taught everything else like how to yeah find an ideal client and how to use Pinterest I've never used I thought Pinterest was where I searched how to what design to have on my nails the next week you know and um blogging I wasn't blogging regularly and SEO is is huge and I'm still learning SEO and all of these things um that yeah I just I just spent I mean I do not remember being bored in lockdown and I definitely didn't bake banana cake 
Is it banana cake? <laughs> banana bread? I don't think any <laughs> self-employed person was bored during lockdown. I feel like we all just went like full out. But like yeah. I said at the beginning, you're such an action taker. And instead of panicking, you realize you could use that time to your advantage. And while you may not have written that it that way if you look back actually that did really benefit your business so you you absorbed yourself in learning and learning because again what happens and most people listening may know this as well is you're really good at what you do you are really good at planning weddings people are really good at making cakes or designing flowers but they're just they just don't understand the business element of it so that's that's what you upskilled in and don't and don't get me wrong like people that are listening here financially absolute struggle but I do want to add that I was very lucky because Whistlebury did rehire me and I furloughed me until August so financially because obviously we were saving money as well because there was a lot of things, you know, you weren't going out, like you were spending money. So I will just add that in when people are like, well, how did you live? Like you do have anybody that wants to quit their job. I'm not telling you to just go and quit your job because that's impossible. But there are ways around it. Like if you're a photographer, go and get some date secured for freelance like be a second shooter like make sure you have got something else or just go down to like two days a week or have something but maybe something that or even if you've got something you don't care about as much like again when I was then I was furloughed and then I had enough business um, and then thankfully the world was opening up a slightly little bit in like August 2020 so I did some summer weddings I was doing some freelancing and then I went and worked at Royal Mail over winter for three months because two days a week because it was earning me enough money and make sure you know how much money you need to get by and make sure you're earning that some somehow whether it's freelancing whether it because everybody in the wedding industry can freelance at the end of the day and every wedding supplier right now is so bogged down and busy you go and freelance for them work out what else are you good at I then started doing social media for other businesses because I was like I'm really good at social media and a lot of people are really rubbish at social media so I'll help them with their social media and make some money so I think you just need to think about it yeah absolutely that's really important so during that initial time I remember you coming to the realization that actually you weren't for everyone and you wanted to move into more of the luxury end of the market and what did you do in your business during that time to take yourself from complete rose events to where you are now to start trying to get into that luxury market? Yeah, so first up, I hate the word luxury. <laughs> Sorry, Becca. <laughs> no, it's just, um, yeah, I don't know why it's thought of. It's just, it's like higher budget, you know? I don't think you need to be like, I'm not luxury. I'm a Norfolk girl. And and when I first, this is the thing, is that when I was like, I want to work in luxury, I felt like I had to be luxury. Oh, let me post that I've gone, yeah, I've got some Tiffany jewellery. Let me post that I'm going to Tiffany to get my jewellery cleaned. Like, then I suddenly realised I don't need to be luxury. I just want to work with people that have higher budgets you don't need to be luxury you don't need to be a luxury business you just need to push yourself to work with higher budgets so I put together some shoots with venues that I wanted to work with because for me also it wasn't even necessarily about working with high enders that I wanted to work with hotels and I wanted to work with the Savoy Mandarin Oriental all of these places so I planned shoots with them and when I say I planned shoot I didn't just email them and say hi guys can I come and do a shoot I went in I met them and it was a great this was the other benefit of COVID is that everybody had nothing to do so all these hotels I was emailing them like hi I'm a wedding planner I'd love to come in and meet you and they're like yeah great come and meet us because they had the time 
Um, so I would go in, I'd meet them, I'd have a chat with them, I'd build a relationship with them. And then I'd be like, oh, it'd be really nice to do a shoot with you. Let's do it. And they'd be like, yeah, great, because like we haven't got anything else going on. Obviously, now it is a little bit more different, but you can still do that. You know, in winter times and quieter months, you can still get that and you can still build those relationships so I just kind of you know I used that time to build relations with venues I did shoots and then I also reached out to a lot of luxury suppliers I had to choose the word myself there didn't I <laughs> high-end suppliers so people that I knew that were working with people with 100 grand budgets and the likes of the Savoy I found out who these people were and I contacted them yeah I'm not gonna lie I had a lot of people that just ignored me but I also had the some amazing people um people like John Nassari absolutely amazing photographer and he he was like yeah let's jump on a call and he called me and I was so happy that I got to book him for a wedding this year because he was one of the first people that like actually took me seriously and didn't look at me and say well you're only working with people that have you know got 30 grand budgets I'm 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 not I don't have any interest in you he gave me the time of the day and he gave me really good advice um and there was quite a few people like that um that, that you know took me seriously and just and would happily go on a zoom call with me and say well you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to look at this and you need to look at that and yeah it was just networking just yeah helped <laughs> definitely absolutely and you know that I'm big on networking now you also rebranded as well you changed your business yes, name tell me I about did. that yeah, so people by people at the end of the day. And this was Louise Perry, who is another incredible wedding planner. She, um, somebody I very aspire to, um, she said to me, but, you know, I had a meeting with her and she said, you you are the face, you are the name, people by people. So who is Complete Rose Events? Nobody used to remember it either. I'd go to, if somebody introduced me, I'll never remember, I'll always forget, never forget, going to a venue, I'd known this venue really, really well. And they just said, and there was somebody else there and they introduced me and they're like, oh, this is Hannah Rose. But, and I was like, they're like, oh, the, the Hannah Rose, the wedding planner. And I was like, oh, it's Complete Rose Events. Like, we used to always have to correct people and say, oh, yeah, it's Complete Rose Events. Or they'd just be like, oh, it's this is Hannah from Rose Events. Or they always got it wrong. Um, so I was like, well, I'm just me. I'm just going to brand myself as, as me because... I'm me and not only do I just plan people you know I don't just book people to plan their weddings I don't just book people to do on the day management but I do freelance work as well so when a venue books me to come and do freelance they're booking me Hannah Rose so it makes sense that I was Hannah Rose weddings and events is actually my tagline my brand is just Hannah Rose it's just me <laughs> why not <laughs> I love that and you also at that time decided to invest some money in getting that website branded why did you do that just because I feel like for, for as a planner I mean you really need to look into your ideal clients whoever's listening to this but as a planner people the I'm one of the first points so for me it's really important to connect with venues because a lot of people will go and find their venue and then say oh we really need a planner and they'll then recommend a planner but also there's people that the first thing they do is find a planner so people that I'm targeting who don't have time because of their jobs their families they don't have time to be looking around for somebody so they will just go onto google and type in wedding planner in london wedding planner in you know birmingham wedding planner in northamptonshire they're not going to be looking around they're not going to be going to wedding fairs they're not going to be going on directories they are just going to be trying to find me um online so for me my first 
port of call for people is nine times out of 10 my website. So for me, I just knew that that was really important. But that took me a while to grasp as well. And I'm not gonna, I tried directories, I've tried magazines and stuff. And it didn't work for me. It's the same with shoots. The reason I do shoots is to build a connection with a venue. It's not necessarily to have content because I've got content because from my from weddings. I mean, it helps content. You have to have good content, you know, on your Instagram. But um, yeah, I think you need to really think about the reason that you're doing things and where these people are coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've seen you go on this journey and it's been an absolute privilege to watch you grow and change and take action and do all these things and there'll be people listening that struggle with that so you've been part of my membership um, for the last couple of years I know you've been part of different communities um, on Facebook and different associations as well and you've invested in that so for someone that's sitting there thinking oh I just don't want to invest in anything like that I'd rather just get on and do it myself what have you learned from being part of both my communities and other communities and why do you think that's an important aspect of what you've done? I think it is important to invest, but I think it's important to invest in the right people. If you join a membership group and you're like, this just isn't for me, like if you feel like the person that runs it, then 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 just then leave it. Like there's no point investing your time in something that without people like I'm still part of Becca's group because I think Becca's fabulous. Thanks. And um, <laughs> she helps me a lot. You know, I'm part of Bernadette Chapman's group because she's helped me massively, you know, with difficult situations. She knows how to, to, to work there because she was a planner herself. So I think it's really important. You know, I've had other coaches and I just haven't clicked with them. They're not, they don't have the same ethos as me. They're not, you know, so, you know, they believe different things to me. I think that's really important. But I think it's important. You don't need to go and invest. You know, I've never spent thousands with a, with a coach. I've only just joined kind of memberships and I've done courses here and there, um, one-to-ones with Becca, things like that. But I think, um, yeah, do, do, do it with people that you think are right for you and your business. And if they're not, then, then, and you've tried it at the end of the day but there are cheaper ways to do things as well like membership so you can go and join you know like becca's monthly facebook group you know that kind of thing because you're a community because you can then talk to other suppliers and you know things like that i think you i don't i think people think oh to invest in a business coach i need to go and spend thousands to do their 10-week course and that was difficult when the point I was in so when COVID was happening everybody was doing these free courses everybody was pushing their then paid courses which were very expensive because everybody was suffering because of COVID so they all needed to make money and I was at the point where I was like oh my god and I remember the amount of conversations I had with my other half like I need to join this course it's five thousand pounds can we afford it and he's like Hannah you joking <laughs> no and and then and even I've said to Becca Becca before and be like Becca I feel like I need to do this course and she's like you don't you don't need to do it. So I think if you ever feel like you're put in a position where somebody's making you feel like you need to do this because you're not good enough unless you do it, then don't do it because that's not a right way. <laughs> that's, that's a sales tactic. So as Becca says, it's smoke and mirrors. I love that saying from Becca. It's all smoke and mirrors. 
Yeah, that's so true. It's so important to find someone if you are going to work with someone and these communities are great places and can be great places to grow your business and to learn from. But you need to find one that's the right fit and do your research and ask other people that are already in the community as well. If you if you meet people or if you meet people, ask them if they're part of things because they'll give you a really honest answer about what they think okay so you've been in self-employed uh what we've talked about a lot of the highlights and the great things you've done what would you say is kind of the biggest struggle for you being self-employed over just working for a venue um I think it is it can be the money thing because um I was actually I was talking to another couple of suppliers about this it it's really easy when you're working for a venue when a magazine comes along or I don't know you want to do a Facebook ad or something like that it's not your money so it's so easy to just go oh yeah we'll trial that we'll try that but when it's your own money it's really I don't know I just find it really difficult to part with my money if I don't think it's the right thing but then maybe that could be a strength because in or it could be a positive because in a way you're not just you know you're not just throwing money at anything but at the same time when you're working in venue it's great because you can try oh yeah that works really well so we'll do that magazine again or yeah but when you're self-employed to have the funds to just go oh yeah we'll just trial that it that is difficult making that decision I'm not the best decision maker I'm not gonna lie it's one of my weaknesses um making decisions on things I really struggle with because at the end of the day if I don't make the decision no one else is gonna make the decision you know I have to make the decision if I put that money into that advert that's 500 pounds and it doesn't give me any business that's my fault that's nobody else well it's not my fault but you know I've made that decision I've lost that money Whereas when I was working in hotel, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, we just won't do that again. It's no biggie. But yeah, I think that's that's the big difficulty. I think also what's difficult is, is like I say, like you, it's your business. So if, you know, the amount of times I say to people, if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. So if I go on holiday and I get an email inquiry come through, who's going to do it? Me. If nobody, if I'm not there. And I think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand. It doesn't matter how high up you are in your job. I know I've had this conversation with so many people who are in high, big jobs, big, important jobs in the company. I'm like, but you'll never understand unless you're self-employed because there's always someone that you can put your out of office to when you go on holiday. But I don't have that. Yeah, that is so, so true. So, one of the things that I know lots of people struggle with and um, owning your own business is staying motivated. And like we talked about earlier during COVID, you could have been really demotivated. And I think we all had times of motivation and demotivation. What do you personally do when you're struggling, owning your own business? Maybe things aren't going well. Maybe things are going well. You're just too busy. What do you do to mm. stay motivated and to keep going? Yeah, I think that's so true. I think there always are moments where you have where you're just not motivated and I kind of feel like you just need to rock with it a little bit because sometimes you have a day or a week when you're a bit unmotivated just go with it if you want to have just have a bit of time out it probably means that you probably burn out and need a bit of time out um if it drags on longer than that then yeah I think you need I know I remember um having a right good old cry to you last year Becca actually on one of our sessions um because I'd been feeling mo unmotivated for a couple of weeks so I did some little exercises um I did um probably Becca probably told me to do this <laughs> I got my whiteboard out and I wrote all about like how far have I come I think you do, it sounds so like people say this all the time but genuinely it does work look at how far you've come like from 
nothing you've built it up like what you've achieved um you know I've just I won wedding planner of the year um uh for South England a few months ago and I think you have to look at things like that like that's huge like I did never in a million years expected to win that so I need to look at that and go wow that's a big achievement so you know you you need to be the way that I got there was from being motivated so you've got to pick it up you know and things like I've got sticky notes all over my wall right in front of me with things I've got coming up I'm going to Spain with my girls in July um as in my friends I didn't have children (laughs) um I'm going to Italy with my other half in October and I'm going to see Chicago in July like things like this I'm like yeah these are all really nice things that happen in my life and then the nice things that happen in the business because let's all face it there's the good things and then there's the really rubbish things there's like the niceties and then there's the things that I cannot be bothered to do and procrastinate all day so you know think about those nice things you've got coming up in those business in your business those nice networking events or those nice away days or you know that venue uh that you've been wanting to work at for ages you've got a wedding booked there um I think that's the best way I think sometimes you just beat yourself up too much for not being motivated and I think when you're feeling unmotivated in your business the pl- the position I was in last year when I felt really down was I was not motivated in anything. And I think that's when you need to like reach out to somebody else. But some days I have where I'm not motivated in my business, but I'm really motivated in the gym. So I'll just go to a really good gym session. Or I could be the opposite and totally unmotivated in the gym. But I all I keep thinking about is new ideas for the business. So I think, yeah, you just need to take some time out or yeah. Yeah, really, really helpful advice. Now, before we finish, we are going to do my quick fire quiz, which I do with all my interview guests. So I'm going to give you two options. You've just got to give me your first response so we can get to know you a little bit better. Okay, are you ready? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Would you prefer to have a barn wedding or a manor house wedding? Manor house. Do you prefer live music or a DJ? Live music. Are you light and airy or dark and moody? Dark and moody. Summer wedding or winter wedding? Summer. Chocolate cake or lemon cake? Lemon. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. <laughs> wedding fair or wedding directory? Oh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Early riser or night owl? Early riser. Work too hard or easily distracted? Too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also easily distracted. I'm both. I'm both. <laughs> well done. You survived the quickfire wedding quiz. <laughs> Hannah, before we finish uh, our interview today, I'd love for you to just share, again, a question I ask all my interview guests. What is the one piece of advice you wish you knew earlier on in your wedding business? Oh, well, I feel like we've touched on this already. It's just like, like network, work hard, realise that you're never going to just you can't just put your business down. It's you, it's your business. Um, it's always going to be in your head. You're always going to have ideas. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that my biggest thing would be, yeah, to learn all areas exactly like I touched on. When I first went self-employed, there was so much stuff I didn't know. And always remember that you're always learning. Every day's a learning day. So yeah, make sure that you're just investing in yourself, investing in learning and yeah keep going keep going because just visualize where you want to be and you've got to work hard to get there I'm not where I want to be yet I'm still fighting the good fight (laughs) to get there so just keep going just keep going be more Hannah and take action because you can learn all the things but if you don't take action yeah don't be scared like I see so many people like I just don't have the confidence to do just have the bloody confidence in yourself you have to be confident in yourself love yourself because you've 
that's the basis. Love yourself, have confidence in yourself, and it'll just grow from them. Because what is the worst anyone's going to say to you is no. Reach out to a venue, they say no. Oh, well, their loss, you know? Absolutely yeah. love that. Hannah, it's been an absolute pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, where's the best place to contact you? Probably Instagram. It's at Hannah Rose Weddings or my website, www.hannahroseweddings.co.uk. Thanks for your time. Always a pleasure to chat. No worries. Thanks. It's always such a pleasure to talk to Hannah and I hope you've been inspired by her story and her action taking as much as I always am. If you've loved today's podcast, do us a favour and leave me a rating or a review on your podcast player. Or why not tell a fellow wedding professional all about the podcast? I'm here to help as many people as I can through the interviews and the business tips. So share it with a friend. If you're interested in finding out more about my Wedding Pro Members Lounge, my members only community for wedding pros just like you to help you grow your business through business training, knowledge and community, drop me a message on Instagram or head to the link in my bio. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.